All right, Impact Mouth Guards. These are the official mouth guard of USA Boxing, USA Weightlifting, uh, the United States Muay Thai Federation, amongst dozens of other organizations. These guys make custom mouth guards in that they will send you a kit to your home. They will take an imprint of your teeth. You send it back out to them and they will send you a custom mouth guard, not only a custom to your teeth exactly, but also custom designed. It's pretty cool stuff. Check it out. Impactmouthguards.com. Use promo code FIGHTING10 for 10% off. That's FIGHTING10 for 10% off. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. We just got done watching UFC 263. I loved it. I thought this was an amazing card. Yeah, so you saw the prelims. So I guess it was stacked from top to bottom. I really saw just the main card, but I missed the co-main event. I didn't see all of the prelims. I saw the ones I wanted to see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes Um, sense. mm -hmm. Drew Dober was the last fight on the prelims. It was Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would watch those two guys fight all the time. Like Dober was hitting Riddell so hard and it looked like Riddell was like a couple times like wobbling and stuff. But Dober ate way more shots. Like he got hit more, which is why Riddell won. But like it didn't affect Dober at all. Like that dude, I think Joe Rogan's like, yeah, his head is like a fire hydrant. Yeah, he looks like the Chad meme. Mm -hmm. Like his jaw and his like head is just like perfectly shaped. Like he could take as many punches as possible. His head reminds me of Dan Henderson's head. Right. But a little bit bit prettier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is something like that. I, I couldn't believe the shots he was eating. And just like the intensity, the speed, the wrestling, it was really impressive. I, again, I would like to watch those guys fight again and again and again. If this card taught me anything, it's I want to see one card where all the fights must end. Like pride 90-minute rules mm. or like, or it's just a draw. Like, oh, you fought a half hour, 45 minutes, like you didn't finish it. It's just a draw. That would have been a deal breaker for uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, Diaz. That's why I'm obviously bringing it up. I'm standing Diaz. Okay. But I'm just, but it's just like, ah, oh, I'm curious, right? If you win the fifth round, but you lose like the first four rounds, not by much, but you're clearly losing. Like, how good did the other person do those four rounds? You know, like the last round, I always felt like should be weighted almost like one and a half. You can't do that, though. I guess the difference between, like, a sport versus a fight. So, like, you're viewing it as a fight, but the sport is round to round. So, like, Leon Edwards dominated four rounds. Is there another sport in the world where, like, the entire time is equal until the end where there's, like, a bonus round? Or is that just, like, games? You know, where there's, like, a little bit extra? Where sometimes I feel like the fifth round is, like, could almost be worth two rounds. Like, you, it is the end of the fight. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was really rooting for Diaz that last minute. I thought that last minute was like a Hail Mary that was just so crazy. But when I think about it, I'm like, if you're looking in terms of like pure technique, like Leon Edwards deserves every bit of that win. His elbows, his kicks, his footwork, his wrestling, his jujitsu, like everything, his endurance, everything he did 
he's like the most complete fighter. Yeah, but I don't see him. The only thing he doesn't have that Diaz does is that Diaz toughness. Yeah, that toughness, that heart. But right. I think I th- I think Leon Edwards does have it. I just real like I just learned this about him. Or his uh, chin, his... I would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know if it's been tested because I feel like Leon Edwards hasn't had the toughest schedule. And a lot of times he's fighting people like Diaz and like RDA who are almost like big lightweights. So I don't know. Fought when it comes Usman. Oh yeah, he did fight Usman. He did lose to Usman. I think it would be a good fight, but I just don't see him as the person that's going to dethrone Usman, especially since he almost, I'm pretty sure Usman has twice the power of the. Yeah, I would, I would still pick Usman over Edwards, but I do think Edwards is the closest, if not Kobe. Yeah. It, it is interesting though, that division. Yeah. Kobe. I would love to see like Kobe Edwards. I yeah. But I think like a super fun fight too. I think they're trying to get one of them to verse Usman instead. Yeah. I could see them trying to do Leon. Maybe they try to do then Colby Masvidal. But yeah, like going back, I, I don't know. I felt this way too when like John Jones fought Gustafson. Like mm-hmm. I think Gustafson had three rounds. Same thing with like almost Dominic Reyes when he fought oh, uh, yeah, Jones. I, I, yeah, I mean, I know like I'm a John hater, but I think John Jones has lost fights before. Yeah, but the thing is this. In each of those fights that I thought John Jones lost, he won the fifth round in each of those fights. So right. therefore, therefore, like I didn't hate it as much because like I was like, fuck, you should have lost technically to the rules, but you did win the fifth round. That, and I didn't think you what, were getting eliminated. That's and what I, you're I, watching, though. It's not a fight. But we have to treat it a little like a fight, right? It's ultimate fighting championships. Like, you know, you can't eye gouge and stuff, but there has to be like some like if you're winning towards the end. It's the yeah, end just, that matters. You just get props. If the if you make it like that, where the end matters, then you have two guys hugging on the cage until the end. Yes. Okay. So that's everyone's always going to try to find a way to exploit rules. And then mm-hmm. you minus people for that, like pride, right? If you're hugging and you're not engaging, like, all right, here's a yellow card, lose 10% of your purse. And like, I don't think anybody's hugging then. Okay. Yeah. I, it, Okay, if you just want to turn things more into pride rules, I'm down. If you just want to judge the whole fight as a whole, I'm down. But I won't just say it's just the finish. I would still I pick Leon Edwards winning that fight because he dominated for like 24 minutes. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying that the fifth round should be worth equal to all the other rounds. I'm oh, saying okay. maybe maybe the fifth round should be like worth two rounds or a round and a half, you know, where that's like the tiebreaker like because if you do better at the end that is much more significant and important what what would you do with three round fights yeah same thing i think the last round matters like a little bit more you're gonna end up with draws yeah i'm okay with draws i don't know why people are so like oh my god you had a draw like to me in a fight like if there's a draw it's like you both respect each other and the thing is people love diaz i don't know how many superstars are in the ufc but diaz is one of them Mm -hmm. and his record is horrible, and I think most people that love Diaz even know, like, all right, he's not that great. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, I wouldn't go as far to say his record's horrible. Okay, not horrible. What is he, like, 24 and 14 or something? His record is not good for somebody that's going to be a champion or, like, you know what I mean, like, per se, um, like a UFC. A UFC I don't know if he was ever close to being a champion. He was close. He beat Gray Maynard. Now, like he was like in the he was in the vicinity. He was like always around top five in the lightweight, at least. 
Yeah, okay. Um, you can say that about a lot of guys, though. I don't know how close to being. Okay, Nate Diaz is 20 and 13. He lost to Leon Edwards. He lost to Masvidal. But now this fight also makes me think he would have made it a lot closer in rounds four and five against Masvidal because I felt like Masvidal was getting a little tired. More than Edwards, he beat Anthony Pettis. He lost to McGregor, but I still feel like that was close. Yeah, so like people love Diaz because he is a fighter. It's like he's a street fighter. And yeah, there was a fight with no time limit. I can't imagine Nate Diaz losing to many people ever because he can't be like stopped. I mean, if you just look at the track record, it's just all decisions. Like no one's stopping him. I think he has like one stoppage, Josh Koscheck or something. Uh, No, Josh Thompson. Close. Josh Thompson. Okay. That's what I, yeah, that's what I meant. That that's it. Yeah. He lost to Henderson, Benson Henderson. That was a decision. Mm -hmm. He lost to Dos Anjos pretty badly, but that was also a decision. Uh, yeah, Josh Thompson, it was a head kick too that took him down. And Masvidal was a doctor stoppage. And I think right. he, he, he looked like fine. You know what I mean? His, the, the cut was bad, but he wasn't like wobbly. Yeah, dude. I, like nothing hurts him. Yeah, he's crazy. But yeah, like yeah. there's no time limits. Is Nate, is Nate Diaz a champion? Yes. Yeah, he could have been. Definitely in the past. I right. feel like 155 was his perfect. was not his per- was like he was where he was best. But I really think if there was a 165 pound this division, mm. that's like Nate's sweet spot. Because when you look at him, he just doesn't look as good as any of these like other men at 170. Like they all just look a little bit bigger than him, more chiseled than him. And 155 is too big a cut for him. And I just feel like 165 yeah. would have been like perfect. Maybe. A we're, 165 we're- with no time limit is where Diaz has the best chance of being a champion. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. But these are a lot of what ifs. I know <laughs> we're just doing that. Like we're if we're looking it. at like underweight people, look at Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori tonight. Vittori looked mm. much larger than Adesanya, and Adesanya, I think, dominated him for five rounds. Yeah, but Izzy has the height. But I guess the same thing. Nate has the height too. But mm. I think yeah, there's like a little spectrum to this though, because when you are smaller. Maybe it's like easier to get some of the take that like welterweight has a ton of good wrestling. And I don't know about the wrestlers at middleweight. Yeah, I don't know. I think people think they know how to get Israel Adesanya down, but we're going to eat a lot. And uh, the striking's going to be pretty rough. Vittori did it twice. But Israel, I think, uh, I think he learned from the Blakovich fight, right? Like his, mm-hmm. he was able to get up a little bit better. I think he swept Vittori once too. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I thought it like was close though when Vittori had his back. Like Vittori looked like he knew what he was doing, and then mm-hmm. Israel just—I was like, "Oh my god!" Imagine he loses that way. Like that was mm-hmm. back-to-back championships changing with rear naked chokes. Yeah, what'd you think of uh, Brandon Moreno, Davison Figueredo? So that was the one I missed. I, I got okay. stuck in stuck in traffic for that one, but I saw the finish and I saw the rear so naked choke. Brandon Moreno's—this is like the first fight in terms of like brand, at least for. Brandon Moreno, his work rate is so high. Like how much he's throwing and how much he's moving per minute. It has to be the highest I've ever seen. It looked like Davison was just trying to rely on his straight right and just wait for it. Maybe like throw like a hook and then that straight right or just that straight right. There was never more than like a one punch setup if there was any setup at all. Mm-hmm. So you might also argue that it's like equal parts like Davison just looking for that one shot instead of actually just trying to like fight and beat him. Um, I think uh, Brandon Moreno just definitely like steamrolled right through. 
I think they also said that Davison almost missed weight. Where yes, he, he, he made weight at like the last minute, but he had, this is kind of routine for him though. But yeah, but I think eventually like the higher level of competition you go, it's hard to just keep skimming by that, you know? And then like Brandon Moreno maybe just had better endurance like and was able to just, because if all you're doing is just that same consistent singular move, part of me thinks that's because you're mentally tired and that's part of it because you're physically Maybe. I mean, he also has knockout power where no one else in that division really does. Yeah. So then he's just getting like home run happy. Yeah. Maybe a highlight reel. Maybe his cardio is not good. So he wants to hit the power. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just an easier crutch to rely on. Yeah. This could be a bunch of factors to it. I just feel like at flyweight and especially the lower weights, you must have endurance. Mm. Yeah. You know, like cardio is king. And I think cuts can definitely hurt that. Exactly. And especially at a lower weight, because if you cut 20 pounds, you know, at a light heavyweight, right? So you go from 220 to 205, you're like cutting about 10% of your weight. Mm -hmm. But if you go from like 155 to 125 and you're cutting 25 pounds at like 120, you're like, that's like, oh, I don't think they're cutting that much. That's, that's too much. I heard Davison Figueredo was cutting like 20 pounds. That's rough. Well, that would put him yeah. at uh, 145, but that's still, yeah, that's pretty rough. Right? That's like then like 15%, almost yeah. 20% of your weight. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is rough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love for those, like same thing, like Drew Dober and uh, Riddell. Uh, same thing with these guys, like Moreno and Figueredo. I would watch fight like every other card. I, I just yeah. can't get enough. Yeah, those guys. Oh, and Brandon Moreno becomes the first Mexican champion, Mexican-born champion mm-hmm. in UFC history. Yep. So, so I thought that was kind of cool, and apparently he has a podcast. He was so happy. It was, it was really cool to see that someone who got cut from the UFC mm-hmm. comes back into the UFC after stringing together some wins and eventually becomes champion. That's a great story. That's, it, like, That's... What better story for like that Mexican hard work ethic Mm. type deal mm. yeah yeah tijuana is born and actually i think his parents they made pinatas as <laughs> like mm. stereotypical or whatever like that is like but i just think that's amazing and then he was going to study law and then he's like no i'm going to become a fighter and, and yeah it just kind of shows the depth and i think that's one of the interesting things about mixed martial arts i mean i think like all sports like youth matters but I think most of the champions right now in the UFC are over 30. And you have people like Jan Blakovich, you know, like the light heavyweight champion who's, pl- who's like fighting his best fights at like 37. So I think there's like something kind of cool where it's like you need to learn. You know, it's not just like you have prodigies like John Jones. But I think more than not, you have people like Brandon Moreno where you have ups and downs, ups. And then like then you're like, oh, now I'm up. Yeah, that's true. I do think peak peak for MMA is definitely like 30 to 33 as opposed to like in other sports where they're like no like 27 is the magic number or something yeah exactly not so far off but it's Mm -hmm. like it's like a little bit later and Mm -hmm. I think that's like part of like the mental side of things too yeah it could also be like there could be a bunch of factors that contribute to that age but yeah. yeah if you're if you're popular, who they're feeding you, you know, like yeah, maybe you have a family what, you got to feed. Maybe, I mean, I don't know. People in their thirties just generally tend to work harder than people in their twenties. Like it's just, okay. 
That's even yeah, there could be like a whole bunch of things like that that maybe compound a little more. But then again, why wouldn't you apply that to other sports? Those same things. Yeah, I don't know. I think it also matters in other sports too, but I think in some other sports, I don't think it requires as much like mental fortitude. Do you think there's a thing as old man strength a little bit? Yeah, strength always keeps developing, but your your speed, your power, those things decline with age. But strength, I mean, even if you're looking at like the strength world records on like squats, deadlifts, the guys that hit like the biggest records are like late 30s, 40s. Really? Yeah. That's a good, see, you bring good insight into that. Maybe speed doesn't matter so much though in the UFC, the older you get, right? It's like that Conor McGregor thing, like precision beats power, accuracy beats yeah, timing be, beats speed. Yeah, right. There's, there's definitely like a ring savvy that helps, but like, I would much rather be explosive and fast and strong, but it is nice to know that as you get older, you can still develop strength up to a point, but like pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, this is like a, a battle between savvy and speed, you know, and like what mm -hmm. wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was a good quote for like baseball fans. There was a guy like Oral Hershiser. I don't know if you remember him, but oh, like yeah, he, classic. He, yeah, he pitched for the Dodgers and was like ridiculous for the Dodgers. Like pitched for a lot side. of teams, I believe. Yeah, but yeah, when he okay. came, when he came to the Mets, like he was like forty, and I remember this is like one of their playoff seasons, and they're like, "Yo, Oral Hershiser used to win with smoke," and they're like, "Now he wins with smoke and mirrors." And mm. like, I I love that line. <laughs> it's like true, and it's just like, like, what's the difference between like eighty eight? Okay, I think like Oral Hershiser in his prime was like ninety seven. And then, like, when he was, like, 40, it was, like, 88. But then he just threw, like, a great changeup. And that 88, like, still felt like 94. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just fucking fast. Like, you know? And it's, like, mm -hmm. trick. And with, like, fighting, it's just, like, dude, you get hit, like, a few times. There's, like, also, like, intimidation factor. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's, like, so many other things that are playing a part in this. Yeah. Are there any fights you want to see falling out from this card? I mean, I definitely want to see Israel fight Whitaker now. That's happening. And I think Whitaker, I love Whitaker because I think he's almost like, good, fight Vittori. Let me just learn. Oh, Vittori got a couple takedowns off this stuff. Like, I think like Whitaker was like analyzing everything today. Mm -hmm. And Adesanya looked good, but he didn't look like unbeatable. Like when he looked like when he fought like Paulo Costa, I think like, I think Whitaker felt like he discovered some things today, maybe where he's like, all right, all I mean, right. he's still great. I'm yeah, I was gonna say Adesanya does not look beatable on his feet. But I think Whitaker could do a better job than Vittori in terms 100%. of tiring out Adesanya, maybe Striking. making it a little sloppier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, maybe it's in Whitaker's head a little too. I mean, Adesanya knocked him out basically twice in one fight. I mean, it's that's rough. For sure. I just stand Whitaker, and I I like to believe that Whitaker is like mentally one of the strongest fighters in the game, and so I'm hoping he's like using that to uh, his advantage. You know, yeah. like yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Any other fights you think? Like, I mean, I have no idea about the the state of flyweights. Like, what's next for Brandon Moreno? I would like to see Figueroa fight at 135. Somebody. Yeah, maybe. Like a Cody Garbrandt or somebody that he was going to fight at 125, like just mm. fight him at 135, be like a little bit like. What does like that champ do? Oh, I don't know what Moreno should do, but I would like to see. Yeah. I always just want to hope Henry Cejudo comes back. So I feel uh, like that. 
I feel like that would be like a lot of fun. 125 is so difficult. There's so little and there's just not so much depth of talent or like name recognition of like who we know. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. I feel bad. All right. So what do you think is next for Nate Diaz? I personally wouldn't mind seeing if Masvidal is dead set against fighting Covington. All right. Fight Diaz again, maybe. Just because like I liked how Diaz did the last two rounds here. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that, though. Uh, I want to see Diaz go to 155 because I feel like he's better there. But I don't think he ever wants to go to 155. So, you know, maybe if you fought like a Dustin Poirier at 170, like something like that would be fun Connor. to watch. Yes, Connor again. Fight Connor again and fuck Connor up and then retire with like a new $5 million paycheck and just. I also saw that Jake Paul tweeted, um, Nate Diaz can get these hands after Woodley. Yes, that's what I want to watch. I and I feel watch like, that. and I feel like, if Dana was ever going to set up a fight for Jake Paul, he'd be like, "All right, I'll send Diaz in." Dude, that would be because that make all our dreams. I know Diaz has legions of fans, and there's so many celebrities that I'm surprised that know the Diaz brothers that like love him. Like I saw this interview with like Marlon Wayans. And Marlon Wayans was like, yo, I was outside a club. And he's like, he's like, yo, these fuckers are fucking with me. I'm going to fight them. And then he's like, who is he talking about? And he goes, oh, shit. He's talking about the Diaz brothers. And he was like, yo, I don't think you should fuck with them. And then he goes, he fucked with them. And he goes, he got elbowed three times and got the shit kicked out of him. And, like, and it was just like, oh, it's sick. I don't know. Just the Diaz brothers have like this cult personality that are that's like amazing. Yeah, and, yeah the, fans, he, the fans were... Like livid when he can comes out, man. Yeah, he's definitely like the fan favorite fighter. Oh, I would love to see him fight Jake Paul. Plus, he's much smaller than Jake Paul, so but like he's got that attitude and he's got the skill. Like that would be fun. And and there's no way the Diaz brothers, either of them, treat that fight the way Mayweather treated that fight, mm-hmm. which is like an exhibition. Mm-hmm. They're treating that fight the same way they treat any fight, whether it's in the street or like mm-hmm. on like in front of fifty thousand people. I'm gonna hurt you, and I'm gonna win, and I'm gonna succeed. Yeah, I'd be scared. Like. Jake Paul, because he likes to antagonize his opponents too. I just think like, the whole build up to that fight, like everything would be glorious. It would be so good. Oh, that's like my dream fight now. I, I'd like to tell the story that I, we got off of Bloody Elbow about the Diaz brothers. So, so the Diaz brothers, they have Nick Diaz uh, Academy where they teach jujitsu in Stockton, California. And so, like, a lot of people like, will be like, yo, I want to go train there. You know, and so maybe they'll start training somewhere and then they'll go to the Nick Diaz Academy. And so they get a lot of blue belts a lot of times. And so they were like, okay, they had three blue belts go against three white belts that were their own white belts that they selected. And then so they're like, all right, go beat the white belts. So these white belts all tapped out all the blue belts. And then they told all the blue belts, take off your belts. Then they told all the white belts, take off your belts. And then so they told the white belts, all right, give the fucking former blue belts your white belts. They just devoted the three blue belts to white belt. And the best part was everyone's like, oh, sick. They're going to give the blue belts to the white belts. And then so Nick Diaz and Nate Diaz pick up the belts. And then they tell the kids, yo, get some new white belts for tomorrow. <laughs> and they're just like, fucking... I don't know. That's so tough. If somebody took away my blue belt, I think I would partially like cry a little. I'd be like, fuck, man. Like, really? <laughs> like, I would be like, okay, they're right, maybe to some sense, but 
I would just be disappointed. And then the fact that they just like even their own students are like, no, you're still it. white belts. Like, it's so... it. <laughs> Ugh, I just admire that level of like intensity and honor that they have for their belt system. You know, like you can lose it. students. Yeah. I mean, so, it's also part of it's also like you should just have that little bit of humility. Like, like if I was demoted to white belt, it, like, like, all right, like I, it that wouldn't affect me as much because it's like, okay, I know I'm obviously not like it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't know. Like your skills will speak for themselves. Well, see, you know, you're not because you're purple and you're beyond. You've done it enough. I'm like a blue. So I'm in that cusp. Where I'm like, fuck, you know, you're yeah, probably so you right. That like a crisis, right? Yeah, you exactly. Yourself, you're like, I, th I think I'm a blue. You're like, yo, just own it. <laughs> I know. But blue is one of those weird ones where it's like, you could be amazing or you could just be like, all right. You know, like, it's not like necessarily. That's any belt. Don't think that's blue. You're just thinking like that because you're blue. Yeah, that's true. Probably. It's, it's every belt. I know every belt you'll have people that think they're better than it or worse than it. it yeah. I don't yeah. know. It, it, it's a lot like that. You're right. And you always think the higher thing is harder. I remember mm -hmm. this is like, a, this is like another vague memory, but I remember like in like third grade or second grade, we would have like after school. Right. And then like, we'd be like in latchkey or something. And then we'd mm -hmm. be in like another classroom. And maybe we were in the classroom that normally the fourth graders are in. And then mm -hmm. there was like stuff on the board that was like fourth grade stuff. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I was like, I'm never going to learn this. Like, and I was in second grade. I was like, this is fucking hard. Right. And then every year you go up and I'm, and I'm like, and then, but I'll see what they're doing the next year. I'm like, what? How? Like, you know, like that's impossible. Like these numbers and letters, like what is this? But yeah, I guess everything just seems harder. So the first fight of this card ended in a broken arm. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, so I, I picked Paul Craig to win by submission because I know his submission game. I know his jujitsu is good. So is Hills somewhat, but Hills more of a striker. It's like a striker submission type deal. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think Paul Craig is like confident. I don't know. I just like him and he was a big underdog. And I'm like, I think he's got a good shot. I always think like underdogs that are really good grapplers, I feel like are always worth throwing a shot on because they can lose the whole fight and all that. They just throw out that Hail Mary sub and get it sometimes. But in this instance, Paul Craig just kind of dominated on the floor. He like mm -hmm. he pulled guard. He pulled guard in an MMA fight and broke his arm with an arm bar, transitioned to a triangle, and started elbowing him in the head. And as he's elbowing him in the head, you can see that the arm bar had broken his arm. The guy's arm oh. was flailing around. But then later they said the arm wasn't broken, that it was dislocated, and that he will be okay. I mean, what's the difference between a dislocation and a break when it's your Recovery arm time. or elbow? Yeah, I know. But I mean, in the end, it's still oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. brutal. The result is still brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's still a break, you know, that could end the career. Yeah. Well, they say Weidman's actually, Weidman is actually already back in the gym seven weeks after breaking his, snapping his entire shin in half. Like, oh my God. I just feel like these last like couple months of ufc have been extra brutal a little bit like just like certain highlights like i'm like oh my god these breaks like i think some of the submission guys are starting to realize like if we're gonna catch these subs we gotta just throw them on super fast and be super strong 
Yeah, there does seem to be some more urgency with submissions. Maybe because people are just more realizing that if they don't get the sub, they're going to get pounded. Yeah, that too. That too. Also, submission of the night. That's also a, a nice bonus too. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think urgency is what you said though. I mean, I think position of over submission still matters. Yeah. But I think like in the like you're seeing some of these people get much better at just quickly attacking something, you know, and like mm-hmm. catching it. And then it's just like, oh, and yeah, like seeing an arm break. I just, oh, I mean, I'm, not that I loved it, but I was like infatuated by the whole end of that fight. It, it was crazy. What a, what a crazy finish. And I was at a dinner party that lasted too long today. So I was like, oh, do you mind if I just like find the fights on your laptop? And they're like, yeah, sure. And these are people that like know I like UFC stuff and maybe they'll watch it if I watch it, but they'll never watch it on their own. Mm. And one of the girls was like, isn't it like kind of ridiculous? And I was like, what do you mean by ridiculous? Like, I didn't know. Like, I didn't yeah. get it. like and she was kind of like, I don't know, like, like boxing's like boxing, but UFC is like violent. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but there's like theories that like, you know, you get hit less, but you just get knocked out and that's better for your brain where like boxing, you get hit like a hundred times and you know, you're like, you're Mm-mm. slowly. Get... And then like, but while I'm explaining this, I go, oh shit, his arm just broke. <laughs> and I was like, maybe that is ridiculous. Like, it's just like. <laughs> you see him just lying there like holding his hand like it's just like palm up like can't move and i'm, I'm like yeah. yeah maybe there is something like a little extra ridiculous about this sport yeah for sure i mean someone came to me recently and was like yeah you know i'm just not huge at the mma i still like boxing better like you've watched mma though. like yeah i've tried to give it a chance I'm like well why he's like it's just sloppy and i'm like well mm-hmm. what do you mean he's like you know, it's just like there's so much to do that it just gets like like when so many variables are in there, it gets sloppy. And I'm like, I kind of understood what he meant. Yeah, I, I knew what he meant. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But that is why I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get philosophical, I think anytime I imagine myself in a fight, I never imagine a clean fight. I always imagine it sloppy. And that's like, I think also because I'm like small, I would never want a clean fight. And even like when we were talking about like dream fights and somebody mentioned me versus you mm-hmm. and like we tried to create a par by like having brass knuckles. <laughs> I, I think like my first statement was like, okay, with brass knuckles, I can make it sloppy, you know? And Why? I think like, what, what, what makes you, why do you think you can make it sloppy? Like what determines even, that? Because I think like even one or two punches is going to have to make you a little hesitant because it's going to hurt significantly. And then so like, obviously, I'm already at a disadvantage with your experience and skill and height and weight. And so like, I, if it's just a clean fight, you're going to always win. Like the only opportunity that I have. Well, would the more experienced person be able to dictate if it's clean or sloppy? Yes, usually. But if you could make it sloppy enough, I feel like that's when the chance exists where you could find something. See, if okay, all- I- I only think things can get sloppy is when you enable more clinches, right? So obviously MMA gets a little bit more sloppy than boxing because you can clinch everywhere and it doesn't stop. And, but if you're not in, yeah, I don't know. I just brass knuckles. I would still have to slip and move the same as if it was brass knuckles or not. You know what I mean? Like what's changing? 
like okay yeah the urgency is greater but like yeah. nothing changes technically like yeah, i'm but still the urge- going to be slipping everything the same ways but it might change your mentality and also like oh yeah do- okay so that's what you think then okay yeah all right and so like we- i'm more hesitant now because it's like oh i can't eat a shot so many variables okay you know but right, like well, that's but okay. that's one of the variables i don't follow that but i get that okay if you have brass knuckles on it's still a punch like unless you threw the brass knuckles at me or something you know what i mean like it has to be something that's like but maybe you don't know i have them on you know what i mean it could be like that boxer <laughs> that it could be like that boxer that uh put plaster in his gloves you know like oh like uh if- tyson fury they say Oh, Fury? There was another boxer that did that that I got in trouble. Yeah, I know that, but uh, Deontay Wilder still thinks that Tyson Fury. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But, but like, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, I don't know. It does something to some... Plus, it's placebo. Maybe the guy that has the plaster or the brass knuckles are like, oh, I have more confidence now. And then that confidence maybe makes them a better... Anything... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just... I think you have to muddle it. And I feel like, I feel like a lot of the... Not the greats, because I feel like a lot of the greats are just like special. But a lot of the people that we like, like Nate Diaz, like those fan favorites, mm-hmm. I think they're like those types of people that mm-hmm. maximize that skill by doing like being a little sloppy. Like that guy, Matt Brown, I feel like was always mm. like that. Diego Sanchez, Clay Guida. Mm. Those are all good examples. Yeah. Like really good fighters, not the best. But like really good heart. Mm-hmm. And like anybody that ever had to fight them would be a little bit like, fuck. I can't be chill. You know, like I, I can't yeah. like, like I know this is going to be tough no matter what. All right. Speaking of winning too. So uh, I couldn't run through all of the picks that people posted, but from what I saw, no one had a winning record. Really? I'm surprised. You, me, some guys we know. Yeah. The best I saw was three and three. Three and, and three. Was, and that was IIC underscore 95. I know him. It's Isaac. Yeah, he went three and three. And the only one he called like, well, like as in like he got the outcome right was Bilal Muhammad, Muhammad by decision. Mm. That's it. Mm. My problem is I vote for heart because like I knew Maya was going to lose. And I, I did this Diaz. too. I, I, did I knew Diaz too. was going to lose. <laughs> I did that with Maya and Diaz too. And I guess I think most of the, uh, <laughs> I think most everyone did that when they were like, yeah, Maya Diaz. <laughs> yeah. I think pretty much every, um, Everything we got, I think they picked that pretty much. I love Maya. I hope Maya does like submission grappling. I would like to see how he does against like somebody like Craig Jones or something, you know, like these modern sick jujitsu people. Like, so could dear. Maya? I don't think I know. That could he hang though, or is he gonna get leg locked? Oh, I'm sure he'll hang, but I think he'll get leg locked. Yeah, that would be so hard for me to see. Wait, why? Because, like, you know, we like we build up these fighters, right? So, like, BJ Penn, like, the prodigy. But when Ryan Hall heel hooked him, it was kind of like, holy shit, Ryan Hall heel hooked him that fast? Like, to me, when you're, like, a world champion black belt, not even, like, a regular black belt, but oh, a world different. champion. MMA and jiu-jitsu are different, though. I know, but it's just still weird to me. Like, you know, like, just Like, no question, that. MMA, Maya fucks up like a Craig Jones. But oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, Craig Jones is going to beat Demi Maya. Yeah, but Maya, but Maya was a world champion in jiu-jitsu. He won the ADCC. So it's kind of like hard for me to imagine like him getting tapped out. Yeah, I don't know. How much does Craig Jones weigh? Is he like in that 170 range? Like one, I think he's 185. Okay. 
Yeah, so Maya versus him or Gary Toner or somebody like that in like just a straight jujitsu match would be so much fun to watch. No, I want to see Tonin versus Maya in MMA. Yeah, I would like to see that too. But Maya doesn't even strike that much. He only just wants to take you down. Still, he could still do enough. Like, yeah, I think people need to give more credit to Maya's overall MMA game. I know they're always like, yeah, he's going to search for the takedown. Yeah, he's doing that. But like, he's still effective at like feinting a takedown and throwing it straight or vice versa. And like, I don't know. There's still, there's still more of a martial artist in that than just a jiu-jitsu guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Maya tapped out Gabriel Gonzaga. So wow. I feel like Ma- Maya versus uh, even like a Gordon Ryan would be like so much fun just as like an exhibition. It would. It would have been even more fun though, like five years. I know. That's like one of the problems. Same thing with like Jacare. Yeah, but like jujitsu doesn't pay. And honestly, it's not as exciting as MMA. So I don't really I like know. wish for that, you know? Yeah, I just don't want to see my guys get hurt anymore, though. Like, Maya's such a good guy, so it's like, all right, I don't want to see you, like, get punched in the head. Like, Maya versus, like, Nate Diaz would have been a fun fight. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I would watch it, of course. Like, two 170 guys do some fun jujitsu. Like, that would be kind of cool. Mm. I just don't want to see Maya get his head pounded in. Yeah, but the I mean, one- neither do I, but yeah. The one thing I did love about this fight with Maya, he's just relentless. And now it's like the energy all jujitsu people need. Like he wasn't like he wasn't getting the takedowns, but he was coming close. Like he was putting him in awkward positions, he kept just lifting on his it. leg, and he yep. kept on it. And, and I just mm-hmm. like admire that. Some people are like, Oh, I feel bad that this was the last fight for Maya, but he didn't get knocked out. The other guy wasn't able to do anything really. A lot younger. Yeah. A lot younger. Like yeah. Maya's like, all right. I, to me, that's like respectable, like how we ended it. Like, yeah, it was a nice role. I think everybody should study Damian Maya. I think he's like one of those people that's like role model of MMA and potentially the greatest grappler in MMA history, maybe. Yeah, we'll see about the futures of Tonin and Hall and some of the guys now. Yeah, but I think like top 10, right? Like, how many? I mean, someone like, say a Charles Oliveira is, you know, with his submission wins. I would say, I don't know if Oliveira's also had the schedule that Maya's had. Like, Maya fought at right. 185, 170, like, champions. Like, Oliveira just became a champion. Yeah, he's got a pretty good track record, though, Oliveira. A lot of finishes. No, I love Oliveira. Okay. I'm just saying, though, like, he had the opportunity to fight a lot of also people that were on his level younger. Where, like, Maya, as soon as he came into, like, the UFC, like... They started giving him like big boys, like good dudes, like people that were like really difficult. Like mm. Maya tapped out Chael Sonnen, who was a Olympic alternate, you know, like mm. took him down, tripped him. Try- like Maya had to do that against like some really big, strong people. Mm-hmm. And he did. So I think it's like Frank Mir, Noguera, Jacare, Maya, you know, like Oliveira, like they're all on the list. Mm hmm. But like Maya's definitely like one of those people that could be the all-time greatest submission grapper. Would you put Maya in the UFC Hall of Fame? Oh gosh, no. Yeah. Sadly, I think he's one of those people that's close. Like he could be Hall of very good, but I think since he is the best, since I would put him as potentially the best submission grappler in MMA, I think thing, I would. No, that's that's not a thing. You know, like you can't just say like. 
all right, the best striker, it gets in. And you're like, well, no, it's an MMA guy. So, like, you have to judge their MMA career, not the one variable you want to judge. I mean, in football, winning Super Bowls helps you, like, get in. I mean, that's yeah, that's you didn't win any championships. championship. You're right, you're right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, there's... But if you're a- looking at, it like, a position, like, no, in MMA, you're not playing a position, though. Like, you have to be good at all these different things, and it's what you bring to the table as a conglomerate. You know what I mean? And so you have to judge them by how they did in their UFC accolades. Like if you're going to go MMA Hall of Fame. I or wouldn't at least pound in MMA. Yeah, I wouldn't pound the table saying that he has to get in. But if I was a journalist and I had a vote, I would vote for him to get in. I like him, but I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's on that cusp of Hall of Very Good, Hall of Great, Hall of Fame. Like he's like right there. Like I would okay, so I would actually make an argument for a Diaz over him because the Diaz is like sell more. They're more prolific in terms of like their personality and stuff. You know, see, I put it, I put that at the same level. Like to me, oh, they're okay, like okay, the, okay. they're so like where the do same. You draw the line of like I know. almost no, but no. I think it's like a timing thing. I think in like five, 10 years, then you start allowing people like Maya and Diaz in that were so important for the sport where right so, now, maybe you focus on champions, like people that have. So that do you have a guy that you think would not make it, but would be close? Yeah. I think like Maya and Diaz, I don't know. Let me think of somebody else. Uh, I mean, Robbie Lawler gets in, he was a champion. Uh, was Dan Henderson was never a champion in the UFC, but he's to Wait. me he almost he almost made my Mount Rushmore. Huh. Nah, H- Henderson only won in Pride. Yeah, two. He's really, yeah, he won two in Pride. Yeah. Who else never won a championship? But I'm like, oh yeah, he's kind of like a Hall of Famer. Like almost. Like would Forrest Griffin be Hall of Fame? He was champ. Yes, and but also because of that one fight with Stephen okay. Bonner, like he changed the sport. So. so like, Diego Sanchez. Yeah, Diego Sanchez is close. That's like another close one. But the way yeah. his the way his career ended, like it's not as respectable as Nate Diaz or Maya. Like Maya and Nate Diaz still oh, ever no. And you know, I don't think Diego's getting a fair shake. He's three and three in his last six. He's not like awful. He, he's not facing the competition that Maya and Diaz are facing. No, he's not, but it's also been around longer. Not longer than Diaz. Oh, but... here's somebody, Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Like somebody like that, like you That's know, like know. He, yeah, he he wasn't a champion. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he's mm-hmm. so good. Like mm-hmm. you know, he he's how about uh, how about Kenny Florian? Yeah, Kenny Kenny Florian was so good too. He close. was like one of those people, mm-hmm. very close. If he did win a okay. right. championship, he'd be in there. So I think it's like you have... you're, you're naming people that were close, and Damian Maya was close, but Damian Maya makes it, and those guys don't in yours. <laughs> Because he was so amazing at his one thing and he potentially changed the sport a little bit. I feel like Maya came around at a time when people were like, oh, jujitsu doesn't really work anymore. Like, just be a wrestler like Matt Hughes. Uh-huh. And then, like, Maya came and he, like, taps out his first five people and people are like, all right, wait up. Like, <laughs> like you know, you can't just eliminate jujitsu. Yeah. All right. So would you, I'm not sure how familiar you are with his career. What about Masa? <laughs> Uh, Masakazu Imanari. Well, okay, Imanari is not a UFC Hall of Famer. MMA, but if the, he's also so close because they named the move after him, like you know, like he created like he an was a act- champ, and he only did submissions. He didn't was, throw punches ever. But where was he a champ? Um, I don't know, some Asian organization. 
like glory or something. Um, I, I'm not he, sure. He's not in my, he's not Hall of Famer, but he's close. Because this is a guy, if there's anyone who had like a one trick pony thing that no one could stop, it was Imanari. You knew he was going to go for leg locks. Back in the old days too, they even allowed, I, I remember there was matches where like, like, oh, you can choose not to wear gloves, but if you choose not to wear gloves, you can't throw a strike. And he's like, oh yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and then MMA fights where like he's just not gonna throw a strike. You know he's not gonna throw a strike. Like he's got the no gloves on, and he still just beats you. It's like it's like in the NFL and Major League Baseball Hall of Fames where they have like their class of the year, but then they go, oh yeah. Also, we have like a, we're gonna have a journalist in, or we're gonna have like an old school vote. Like you know, like who do you vote that didn't make it from fifty years prior? Like to me, Imanari is one of those guys. Like okay. he he makes it eventually, but really much later. It. Okay. Much much later because you have to, like, technically. Let's look at the word fame. Like, is it famous? Like the Imanari role. Like you oh, know, yes. Ryan Ryan Hall won beat BJ Penn with the Imanari role. So it's kind of like, all right, I you do belong in the Hall of role. Fame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you doing it. I was like, fuck, and I was like, oh. <laughs> He had a grappling match, and I forget who it was against, but he was stuck in an arm triangle pretty fucking deep, and he rolled himself backwards, and he got out of it, which was incredible. And when he rolled out of it, he happened to pull the guy's leg and get a leg lock and win. And it's like, that is the most Imanari thing there is. And Imanari's still doing that in jiu-jitsu. Like, that's just so incredible to me. I love it. He's, he's 45, and he's still competing a little. Yeah. I think it was like last year, maybe the year before that he did that. And I remember watching it live, actually, at home, but in real time. And just thinking like, God damn, Imanari still like Imanariing people. All right. His first win was a heel hook. Then his next win, arm bar, a heel hook, heel hook, rolling knee bar, toe hold, arm bar, arm bar, toe hold, heel hook. It's so crazy. Heel so hook. So dope. I love Oma it. Oma Palata. He got another arm. Bar. Yeah, he had way more of a complete jujitsu game than I think people had thought back then or maybe didn't realize. But yeah, he was known for leg locks. Another heel hook, another arm bar, another heel hook. And we're only up to 2012. <laughs> That's right. so crazy. Yeah, you know, this is what's so, funny is like Imanari is out here in the world, like leg locking everybody, but leg locks don't really get like a huge do all the way up until what? The that Donna, her death squad comes out with like a system of leg locks, but here Imanari's had is the system out here. So much of life is branding mm. and just like who happened to get it famous first or when sometime. it would hit traction, you know, like maybe Imanari was like kind of just before his time of like popularity. I, I don't know. Or maybe just the other side of the world. It didn't matter over here as much back then. Yeah. Who the fuck follows Imanari's Instagram? You know, like, like exactly. I mean, like in a, when I was doing MMA, this is probably like 2012 or something. We were like sparring in a ring or something. And one of my coaches was like a UFC vet. And uh, I hit like a, I don't even know if it was an Imanari role, but it was something else. It was some leg lock. I was just like, it was fancy move. I was like, oh, I can probably, you know, I was just throwing up like Hail Marys out here. See what sticks. And I hit it. He's like, mm -hmm. oh man, Imanari over here. And he called me Imanari like ever since then. I'm like, that was the greatest compliment. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll be Imanari. That's dope. Imanari. Yeah. I think if you're known for like with like just your name, that's like one of the criteria for Hall of Fame, <laughs> right? Like Diaz, 
like all right you know who kind of who we're talking about Fedor. you know Fedor, exactly eli <laughs> oh that's funny you know uh darlene was just saying how she's like the same reason why i don't like eli manning is the same reason why i don't like marvin vittori his mouth is open all the time that's why i love it you know he just looks like such a goober all shucks but then he'll fuck you up like he just will be like <laughs> oh i'm like the champion like like oh there's there's something to that like yeah he's like the eli is one of those kind of examples that works with like the sloppiness like he's not always so clean but then he gets it done like that's all you need like how do you get the job done i can't talk about i know you're not allowed to nobody's allowed (laughs) only champions um okay nate diaz actually just came out with a quote i'll just read it for what he said about today okay i feel like he's like i feel like he won or whatever but I feel like I'm the better fighter still, regardless. And I feel, I feel like the peak of the fight is what matters anyway in the end. In a real fight, in the real world, that's a wrap. He was sleepwalking. So I think he's kind of saying what I'm saying with the peak, like fifth round, like, you know, like what's he the is. end. And I get it and I agree, but it's not a fight. It's an MMA match. Yeah, you're speaking Bruce Lee-ish. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I hit more home runs even though you scored more than me and you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But the game is scoring more. So like, I'll just do that. Exactly. But I think with the UFC though, it's almost reverse. We're like, Oh, you won the round, but like, did you really win the fight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is weird. I don't know. I mean, what if you, you might contend if there was no one minute breaks that Leon Edwards might've finished him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I know. That's yeah. That's so I was saying like, how, like, is it about the end or is it about no breaks or is it like you just want them to fight? Like what, what rules are we going by then? You know, like these are the rules we agreed upon. This is how it's judged. This is how it goes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is how the, it is. What I did love though, is that they made this a five round fight. I and I think, that. and I think for the big fights that have potential championship implications, you should always make it five rounds. And also, I think it would be fun if they experimented a little bit with some rule changes. I get that they can't do it in the UFC because everything has to be so strict and whatever. But like if me and you were fighting in some organization and you were like, hey, let's do uh, no breaks. And I'll be like, all right, fine. But then we have to also, like, you know, like it has to be like a sub or a TK. Like, you know, like yeah, if that you would could... be cool if in fight contracts you can do that. Cause like in boxing, you have like how many rounds it goes, how long are the rounds. Like there's some flexibility with that, what gloves we're wearing. Gloves, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's because the fighters actually like make their own fights mm-hmm. and not left to like the organization to. You know, like mm-hmm. UFC straps the organization, like no, do they? They do everything. They're just, yeah, they're the middleman that takes all the money. Yeah, um, and with te- with tennis, you get like courts, like you have clay, you could play on grass, right? Like, you know, like right. there's like different, like add like yeah, a little bit. That would be of... really cool if the fighters had that type of options, but athletic commissions would have to also approve of those conditions. So, in the future, do we even need athletic commissions? Because say me and you are famous. If if you just have two famous people, though, like Dana White said, like. Amanda Nunes should fight Kim Kardashian. <laughs> It'll sell out, you know, but it doesn't mean it's a real fight. But like, say Kim Kardashian goes, okay, yeah, cool. Let's fight him. Let's put it on YouTube. She has to be what approved. If, but what if they're just at the gym? 
medically cleared. Uh, oh, right, what you if just they just want a sparring session? But what's the difference between a sparring session where we go, hey, we're just gonna go all the fuck out, and a, a real third fight. party ref judges? Okay, yeah. So you have a third party ref and some judges. Like you have people there at the gym. But that's the thing. How how could you verify the authenticity of that? You kind of you kind of just trust it. That that's where I think people lose it. No, but see, I think if you tell people it's only ten bucks and it's not sixty bucks, and also. You judge for yourself when you watch the fight. You tell Yo, me if we're trying or not. I would love if a promotion was like, oh, hey, at the end, uh, everyone gets to vote. And then we'll all kind of like use that to determine our decision or something. Almost like a jury. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Wins. But, I, but I, then it becomes a popularity contest. I meant okay, in the that, sense. That's of, fair. Okay. I meant in the sense, though, like, oh, if you think our judges are wrong and this is like a big show. Mm-hmm. Like, look at the marks on our face. Like, you know, if the fighters really fight. Anybody that watches it should be able to tell, like, oh, yeah, they really gave it their all. Yeah, like, you know, every, everybody after Jake Paul, Mayweather was a little bit like, ugh, like mm-hmm. Mayweather, did you really try? Like, you know, like, it's hard to tell. But if they were really going at it, you would know. And so, like, what's to stop some of these fighters in the future to be like, hey, cool, we're just going to fight at my gym, 10 bucks, throw I mean, it on what YouTube. Mike Tyson was telling Francis Nagano to do on a podcast recently. He's like, stop just make your own fight and promote your own fight just make your own promotion and like you're the champion right now right so like even if you can't use the ufc belt people are just gonna know that like you could just basically make your own fight make all the money from it but what mike tyson doesn't know is ufc contracts don't let you do that at all if he does under contract then yeah exactly but ufc is not gonna be leaving you on the last fight of a contract Mm -hmm. to potentially become champion they're not idiots Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so I, that, I, that's what that's what's all very interesting about that is like i would yeah it would be really interesting to see like conor mcgregor can do it i think a lot of people could do it dustin poirier could do oh, yeah, it like if yeah. he fought somebody no, i'm good. saying like um conor mcgregor has his own promotion like you know what oh, I mean? like, yeah. he, like if he's out of his ufc contract he's free to roll and i think other people will eventually follow suit but it's like it sucks that they have to go through the ufc to get there but if you didn't need the UFC, what what do you need? You need three cameramen. Great. Right. You, oh, you but here's find the thing, that- though. UFC will also try to derail you on your way out just to make sure that you can't do something like that. Oh, I agree. But imagine somebody now is good enough where they never even touched the UFC in their first place. You know, like they're hard. just they're just doing their own thing. But you yeah. see people going to one championship and other places that are like, all right, we give you more freedom, more flexibility. You need three cameramen. You need three judges. You need one ref seven people you give each of them 10 grand done you know that's seventy thousand dollars and then you just stream it on youtube like you you don't need that much money to like put on a high quality a decently quality program yeah, you do you still gotta pay for you know right. where they're fighting and stuff yeah there's, there's other factors that go into that like there's insurance too what happens if someone gets hurt yeah, gyms have insurance. You I know? mean, it's like, not gonna, it's not gonna, uh, it's not gonna cover something like that though. I, I don't know. It it gets the, the, murky. There, there this are some is where, This is where lawyers and accounts come in, and it's so annoying because they mm-hmm. take all the fucking money. But it's mm-hmm. like fuck you. Like let's just roll, and we all pay a hundred dollars to insurance, and then you know what I mean. <laughs> like, well, you just, know, there's a lot of jiu-jitsu tournaments doing this now. Well, they'll do like um, like the winner of the tournament gets like two thousand dollars. Like oh, and it's a hundred dollars to enter and they get like all these participants and they make money and you're like oh that kind of makes sense and that's yeah. luring like pretty good competition there's a lot of those now 
Yeah, you got to give people a chance. Like, I mean, look, I love the UFC because it organizes everything. But sometimes it's like, why the fuck are we waiting? Like, if John Jones and Nganu wanted to put on their own event, it would be massive. And mm-hmm. you just, you need like good they graphic can. designers. You need good cameramen. You just need some, it, it's not like you need to be a genius. It's not going right. to the no, moon. They can, of course. It's just legally they can't. I know. It's so annoying. Yeah. So it makes you wonder like, yeah, I don't know. Like even someone like Henry Cejudo who's retired, he still has fights on his contract. So if he unretires, he has to satisfy those fights in the contract. The way UFC contracts are, it's like, they get you. They were so smart ahead of their time in that regard. I know. I'm just even like, if they're like, oh, you're a champion and you only have like one or two fights left. Cool. We're going to feed you to the biggest young lion we have. So you lose your steam and you probably won't be able. Mm-hmm. Or you could just re-sign with us for three more fights. You know? Yeah, they, they're always a step ahead. I just hate that so many things in this world that we call smart are also things that are vindictive and manipulative and controlling and it's just like oh like sometimes i don't even want to be like yo it's smart like sometimes i just want to be like it's fucking just sucks like it's what works it's just like annoying i don't know yeah let let these people just train in the gym and then Mm. videotape themselves and fight each other like what like oh they have to do like electrical like they have like and even like on our Instagram where we're talking about like all these hard stories that all these people come from. Sometimes I'm just like, well, what if they didn't have a hard story? Like let them just like, you know, like why does everybody have to do so much to make it? Like maybe there's somebody that's like, yo, let me just fight. Like they can't work at a supermarket and fight. Like, you know, mm. but like, but they would have been a great fighter if they could just focus on that. Like, right. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes like I feel bad for these things and, and, I want Dana. I mean, obviously the UFC is doing some right. They're making more and more money every year. But if you want to be like soccer, like the biggest sport in the world, you need more people that like are excited about joining it and feel like it could be a career. And, you know, like you, you need to make it like a little bit you more accessible. It's doing that though. It's definitely growing everywhere else. I guess. Yeah. I think we're just tougher in the sense that like we feel bad for these fighters. Yeah. You know, I'm like, we're like, oh, that sucks. You gotta do. I feel bad for a lot of people with like money and stuff. Where sometimes, you know, like it's always rough. People. Yeah, it's always rough when you feel like someone's getting shortchanged. Yeah, yeah. But then I also see how some people are like, "Fuck you, John Jones. You make five million dollars to fight." You know, where he's like, "But I should be making thirty million." You know, like or a hundred million the way Floyd does. Mm. Yeah. All right, I think we talked about a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.